Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental service, offering Irish Illustrated listeners $100 off every new home booked for Notre Dame game day weekends. Head to rentlikeachampion.com illustrated and use promo code IRISH2019 at checkout. This is Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley. I'm Tim Priester. It's the day before the annual blue-gold game. We had an opportunity to speak with offensive coordinator Chip Long, defensive coordinator Clark Lee on Thursday. As we mentioned in our instant analysis, there just wasn't enough time to cover everything. So this will be this entire segment. We will we'll deal with that. We'll talk about obviously the blue goal game. We're not going to get into the scoring system and all that kind of stuff um, because ultimately it doesn't really matter. It's just about what the individuals do. Good use doesn't, of stuff, by the way, on that. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't even. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even. It really doesn't even matter about uh, team wise or offense defense per se. It's just. It's a day for individuals to perform, and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously something like offensive line, you want some cohesion there so the, the quarterbacks aren't under constant duress. But anyway, we'll talk about all that, but let's start with Chip Long. Tim, um, I wrote a story today about the quarterbacks. He pretty much confirmed what we've said all along about Phil Jerkovic. We talk, I asked him about accuracy. He said they have two years to figure that out. I don't know if he means two seasons or two years. Um, I'm not sure what he thinks about Ian Book and taking a fifth year or what have you. But, um, you know, that that was, I mean, it, w- it was revealing. Jerkovic has a ways to go. I would agree with him based upon what we've seen that he made progress as the spring went on. I thought his passing leveled out in terms of accuracy. Um, what are your thoughts on what he said about the quarterbacks? Yeah, he had a couple of, uh, he had a couple of good days in the spring. Um couple of sessions there, he was about 12 of 18. Um, his last practice we saw, there was one point he was one of eight. So, it's, yeah, I think he's just, he's inconsistent with it, but that's different than being bad and always inaccurate. But somebody asked me, is it like now we have another Brandon Wimbush? It, it is nothing like that. Those were, Phil Dracovic's passes don't look like a quarterback that has repetition to his game, but the passes are they're in, the they're, they're in the vicinity of the player. They're there. Yeah. They're, not, they're not pinpoint passes at all. They need correction. I would think, I want to try to put a positive spin on it, totally agree that he does not need to be at the mental level of a second-year quarterback yet. I mean, he was a scout team player last year. They had two starting quarterbacks, really. I mean, yes, he was a scout team player last year. He did not come in early, and if I was as good at Phil Dracovic at basketball and I had that good of a basketball team, I wouldn't come in early either. But it does put you behind yeah. by not coming in early. So I don't think the mental game that he's behind at all should in, in any way reflect on him. I am surprised. I just thought he was his passes would look better. Is it? Yeah. It's that's not a weird thing to say. Most guys' ball looks better coming out, and it's not. I mean, it it, it look better. I, the main thing is catchable, right? And I, yeah, look better is not only aesthetics. It's not right. a good ball, right? Red, now. Readily catchable. And I will say that the, the difference between him and Wimbush was Wimbush. Wimbush had a mental block about throwing accurately. That's not what's at issue with with Dracovic. I think it's a it's a mechanical issue where the ball is not coming off his fingertips exactly like it should, like it does. Ian Book, who I, as I think I said the other day, kind of like Tommy Reese. I mean, it just comes off of his hand very free and easily. It's a very catchable ball, uh, and so he needs to work on that. But look, he's a, he's still a great prospect. He's a guy that can can really fire it. He has thrown the deep ball very well. Yes. We've said that. Yeah. Chip Long said that yesterday. 
that's something to build upon. I think people will see it in the blue gold game too. And I, I think I, I really want to see him for just for selfish reasons hit one of those deep posts so we can kind of ask Brian Kelly, why is it so free and easy for Phil Dracovic downfield? When it's a little bit scattered yeah, on regular I can, throws. I certainly want to see him book hit a deep ball, too. Yeah, it'll make Since the summer I, easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since that was, I mean, it was an issue, and it's you know, it's it's going to be a constant theme until he does it actually in a game situation. That was something that Chip Long said, that, you know, he can do it. About every position. Right, yeah. I mean, you can do it in practice, but I want to see it against elite competition. And he said it about the wide receivers, which we have loved all of spring from different levels. Uh, he said, I need to see the young guys do it. And he was talking about playing time. Yeah. He thinks they're going to do it. But playing time will not be determined by how these guys fared in the spring. It will be the end of August and how they fared right. in September. Absolutely. Yeah. He spoke glowingly. I want to move on to Tommy Tremble. Um, he said he's come on the last two weeks. Uh, he's really progressed. He, think he, he thinks he can. Uh, Tremble can help them this year. Great athleticism, great speed, a really physical player. He's come on. I mean, he's really come on. And I'm not sure that we necessarily expected that going into the spring. We knew he was the the pass receiving component, I guess, to Takis. Not that Takis can't catch the ball, but Takis was more of an inline guy, whereas Tremble was a was a move tight end, and he's been very good. I think Takis is a tight end, and Tremble's an athlete tight end. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, well, one's a tight end, one's an H back. I guess that's you could that is say. probably the best way to say. It. Yeah. yeah, you know, Tremble. Uh, I think the what I want to see from Tremble in August is good health because guys that are sophomores. Grinding through camp, getting more reps. Sometimes it happens. The most there are many examples. I'm just going to pull Michael Young. Last year looked good when we were watching in August. We stopped watching on the 15th. He hurt his hamstring. You didn't hear from him again until about Wake Forest. So young guys have to be able to fight through stuff in August camp. And Tremble will get more reps than he's ever had. Yeah. That will be his challenge. We always want to anoint youth. They have more challenges than just getting on the field and, and playing football. You know, that that's well, what I think will be his. Yeah, I mean, like with a receiver or a tight end, they have more challenges than just catching the ball. I mean, there's there's way more to it. I thought Chip Long, and I don't think about this enough, he said, we put Tommy Tremble. I mean, we all know they need to run the routes, right? And they need to know the depth. They need to understand why they're doing it. When he says he's not disruptive when you put him in with the ones, it means he knows exactly where to line right. up, how and to do it fast. A, that's a key word, huh? Apparently, Disru- Claypool dis- is disruptive for about three years like not lining up fast enough after catches, and yeah. he would make a great catch. We'd all write about how good he looked, and then we didn't know that Chase Claypool misaligned on the next yeah. one, and so that's why he was well, that's not us. happening now. I mean, no. that dude is locked in, and he, you know, was mentioned about, I think it was Clark Lee that mentioned about the battles between Claypool and, and Troy Pride, and, I mean, that, those are two dudes that are they're locked in going after, trying to get better every time that we've seen them on the practice field. Um, I did want to... Um, Chip Long was mentioned or was asked about Kevin Austin. Uh, some of the comments that he went, uh, that he made still has a long way to go, but there's no denying his talent. But talent will get you beat. That was Potential crazy. will yeah. get you beat. Uh, I don't want to, game day tryouts. Was his? I uh, don't want a game day tryout. Yeah, yeah, I don't want any game day tryouts. You're going to do it in practice and do it consistently. If you do that, you'll play a lot. So that's where Kevin Austin is right now. Um, I love his comments about Jafar Armstrong. Nobody practices harder than Jafar. Nobody loves football more than Jafar. He's always a pleasure to be around at practice. He's not a game day tryout at this point. <laughs> no, 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 he's no. not. I mean, he, you know, his 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 standout beginning was truncated by the staff infection and then little injuries. So this is a kind of a reboot for him. But he is. They have 
total confidence in Jafar Armstrong, and everybody listening should have confidence in Jafar Armstrong. Yeah, they Armstrong. should. And, he, and, and the reason it's not an August trial, because you know he's going to come back and do the same thing. Yeah. So what he's doing in spring, you know, is going to carry over into the fall, provided that he's healthy, of uh, course. I also thought that when he said, and I got a DM I have to answer, um, and I'm going to answer with this quote. <laughs> he said, you look out in the field, and nobody's as fast as Chris Fink, just because of the effort and speed that he plays, knowing how to get there. When you look at the field, there is no one faster than Chris Fink when we're watching. You look at him, you're like, holy well, cow, how fast is he? But it's, I don't think he's faster than Claypool. He's just gone. Well, yeah, it's, just, it's a point A to point B yes. kind of deal. He starts faster, he gets there, therefore he gets there faster. <laughs> I guess he's faster. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah that, that's what we see in Fink. And I think, anyway, the DM was, how does he have, how high is his ceiling? You guys keep talking about Fink. I think people think he has plateaued because he doesn't have the physical gifts. I don't think so at all. I think he will be more open this year <laughs> because of his ability to run routes, run them quickly, and he's stronger, and he'll be a little... Claypool looks great, so I want to I say Fink's going to lead him in catches because Claypool could easily become yeah. the guy that does, but it's those two. Yeah. Um, Clark Lee, it's, uh, it's interesting. We've kind of laughed about the difference between Long and Lee in terms of how they approach interviews. You know, Long is more just all ball. Uh, everything that comes out of Clark Lee's mouth has a philosophical premise to it. <laughs> I am looking at the Clark Lee transcript right now, and there are just paragraphs after every question. Yeah, and it was there was a funny moment. Um, Chip Long went first, and it was about eighteen minutes, and Clark Lee went second. And uh, we often share transcriptions, like Pete and I, and then maybe like uh, Matt Freeman from Irish Sports Daily. And after Lee answered the second question. <laughs> Pete looked over at me and goes, I got long. <laughs> I was like, damn, I should have thought of that. <laughs> but Clarkley, yeah, he tested my transcript. Well, he does. Yeah, he does. And he uses a lot of football terminology, which is good. I like to hear that yeah. and try to apply that in the way then that I analyze things. But uh, uh, let's start with the linebackers because, uh, and we mentioned this in instant analysis, he talked about three for two at Mike slash Buck. He also talked about the potential of four, which we think means Shane Simon. Yeah. Uh, behind Asmar Bilal at Mike, and then um, the the duo at, at at Buck with Jack Lamb and and um, um, Jordan Jenmark Heath, and then the two at Rover. I I, I apologize. Um, I want to throw in it's not a word salad for Clarkley. No, it's not. There, it, it, the words all mean something. No, there there's, there's a point to everything yeah, that he's yeah. saying, and I, and I just want to. You know, I mean, I think that the linebacker situation, at least as spring ends, you have a semblance of where you want to know uh, what you want to do moving forward. Yeah, you have two rovers competing for the starting job, and we'll get to the third in questions, right. I think. You have a Mike starter and a Mike backup who they – one of the probably most gifted linebacker, maybe the most gifted linebacker on the team as his backup. It's just he's learning it, Shane Simon. <laughs> and then you have – I think you have two bucks that you're going to be you rotating. Do. You have, well, you have a guy that you know. I mean, him talking about Jack Lamb and and being six four and and being able to to uh, uh, create problems for the dig for the opposing team running a dig because of his length. Yeah, he knows what's going on behind him in the passing game, which is a gift. Yes, it, you yes, know, it I is. mean, that's yes, just a, the, that's a knowledge of the game and a gift. So, you know, I mean, I it's not Drew Tranquil, Tavon Coney out there, and it's not going to be, but. I think that at least you can come out of this saying, okay, this is where we are after 15 practices. We can build upon this. Drew White's a guy that's returning, who's had two significant injuries, which they makes like it difficult, who they do like. Um, so I think some things are, are straightening out there a little bit. 
Um, and I think that I think that came through with what he said yesterday. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say, we should probably save this for questions too, is we like all these names and their futures. And I think every single player on this list that we said, other than fifth year Bilal, will be better next year than this year. So you have to take it with a grain of salt too. Like you like the rover situation or the buck situation and the rover situation. And I like the Mike and the rover, like, but this is still theoretical stuff right now. We are on theoretical linebackers where last year we were on all American linebackers to discuss in the spring. So it's a different, right. one of the guys might end up being great, good and bad, or they'll, maybe they're all good. Just solid, fine, know their assignments and tackle well. That's all you need, right? Right. And it's, it's the nature of what we do. We probably, if we look back and listen to the podcast from last spring, we probably didn't talk a whole lot about Tranquil and Coney because we knew that they were secure. Right. This spring, we always talk about linebackers and will through the summer and will in August and probably are likely to have to bring it up again during the season since these guys sure. are generally inexperienced. But you do have a you do have great you have a great core of defensive ends and a very promising group of four at, at defensive tackle that I think that you can win with and be successful with. Yeah, I think that Jacob Lacey's Spring and to a lesser extent Adam Ilola, but I, I thought he would have a good spring. Uh, Jacob Lacey's spring has taken it from theoretically they have four to they have four. Is that fair? Yes. Oh, absolutely. People kept telling yeah. us, "Oh, they have Jacob Lacey." I was like, "That's great. I love Jacob Lacey. I think he was my fourth rate, fourth or fifth ranked recruit." Yeah. But uh, what, we've never been wrong on that before. I mean, you got to see the guy go do it, and he has done it during the spring. So, still, you can't really afford an injury there, but. I like the four. Now it's not. I think the four could be good. Now it's. I like those four. Yeah. There's no think anymore. Two guys I want to talk about before we wrap up segment one. Jack Kaiser went. I mean, that was kind of you know I I I said the question to Clark Lee that I mean you you do you feel like you have two guys moving forward? Not that you would necessarily shut the door on anybody else. And then he knocked that door down to talk extensively about Jack Kaiser. Of course, is out because of a shoulder injury this spring. Uh, but he really, really likes him. Uh, he's not going to close the door on him. I don't think it's a situation where Jack Kaiser is going to necessarily come in and beat one of those guys out. But it certainly sounds like from the praise coming from from uh, Clark Lee, and he talked extensively about what he was doing before the shoulder became a problem yeah. and they had to do surgery, about his understanding of the defense. He's certainly a guy that if he comes back healthy in August that is going to get a shot to make a contribution there. I took it also this way as a as a coach, Clark Lee, not me. There's no reason to think Jeremiah Usu Koromosa Koromoa God, God, I quit saying that name. Now you're and and, uh, like me. and Walla that one of them's going through the season unscathed. So when he said if he's not ready in September, maybe Jack Kaiser, maybe three weeks later he is. I think he means Jack Kaiser is going to be able to play some rover for yes. us because yeah. it's not like you're gonna play these guys six hundred snaps and they're gonna be fine. So you do need help. They are all rookies. That gives Kaiser a chance. It's I know one's a junior, one's a sophomore, but they're rookies at this spot. They are. has not been out there at all. They are, and they're, they're both guys that transitioned to a position yeah. they knew nothing about. Actually, I mean, from that standpoint, Kaiser was a linebacker. He's more more accustomed right. to playing right. on the second level than either one of those two. Koromoa was, I, we, we both loved his film, but it was the rawest player you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, no doubt. It and was it was just, coming from the back end of yeah. the defense, so you just didn't know. Last guy I think we need to talk about is Houston Griffith. Um, you know, again, Clark Lee kind of confirmed what we'd said all along in the spring that man, he keeps getting beat deep. Um, and <laughs> it's a funny lie. He did no. I mean, the point, and you brought, you brought up an instant analysis, but I'm not going to yell about a guy 
if yeah. if the receiver keeps getting by keep getting by him, I'm going to give him the tools he needs in order to prevent it from happening I again. I think that's as much as we said that you know. Marvel to how many words Clark Lee said, they all mean something. Clark Lee knows that he's a work in progress. That is his guy right now. He loves Houston Griffith against the run. He has better physical traits than other guys he'll put in there at the boundary. We both like Tariq Bracey. I think they do too. Yes. Um, but for the boundary side, you need that size and a rugged tackler. And he said sometimes as a corner you learn by the ball going over your head. That's part of life. It is. The ball went over his head a lot this spring. Look, if we leave August 15th, 16th in the ball, and as Houston Griffith has the worst practice of all the corners, yeah. then we'll be concerned. No, it's too close to the season. But I think that they uh, it's not like they're, they're, they're all in because they made this move knowing he was going to have to transition to being a cover man, right? Right. Yeah. And they will, to some extent, not to the extent of 15 spring practices, but as they go through the summer, it's a fairly organized... It very much is. Now. Yeah, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> on the practice field. So they go out there with a purpose, throwing the football around. And Houston Griffith will continue to have opportunities to look at, you know, to understand coverages, understand what receivers are doing, and to actually get better during the summer. Now, of course, the receivers that he's going to be going against across the country, the 12 opponents, will also have an opportunity yeah. to get better uh, over the course of the summer. So he has ground to make up. But he did, Clark Lee did say... Of Houston Griffith, he's a great tackler. He has some force positions on tight end surfaces where he's really looked uh, clean and as good as we've had. It's getting comfortable in technique and repetition. And some things are a little more challenging for him, but the potential is there. So they're committed to him. Uh, there's a question in segment two about Dante Vaughn. Certainly he has a chance to play a role in that. Uh, but he has to get a lot better than the last time we saw him. So... Um, They've seen enough of Houston Griffith and Dante Vaughn and everybody else to think that Houston Griffith is is the guy that they need at that position. So they've invested a lot in him, mm-hmm. and that's the direction that they're going. So we'll accept that. We'll wrap up segment number one and come back with segment two, burning up the boards with question from questions from our readers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We welcome our new sponsor, Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest weekend rental service where Irish Illustrated Insider listeners can get $100 off all new rentals for the 2019 football season when you head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated and use promo code IRISH2019. Segment two, burning up the boards. We start with a question from Kaiser Wilhelm. Some schools like Oklahoma and Kansas have started to turn their spring games into giant productions and recruiting weekends with dozens of recruits and headliners like Rick Ross and Lee Bryce. Do you eventually see Notre Dame headed in this direction? No. Uh, I want everybody to agree with me immediately when I say this, and you too, Tim. What is the greatest thing in the world as a Notre Dame football fan? <laughs> You're asking me to name the single, single greatest, greatest thing. thing every year. It never fails. It doesn't matter who the coach or the players are. You're going to have to tell me what that is. When you go to Notre Dame campus on a football Saturday in the fall. Okay. There is nothing better than that. Okay. That is the focus of that recruiting in and of itself. for Notre Dame is enough. And what is one of the more depressing things? 20,000 people in a half-empty stadium in the spring where it might be 35 degrees and raining. 
Don't turn anything at Notre Dame in April and anything. You look, it might be it's going to be fifty Saturday. That's great. It's going to be forty-one with a hundred percent chance of rain on Sunday. Let's just say that moved around a little bit. <laughs> Notre Dame football's greatest draw is the majestic stadium atmosphere. The, I mean, the whole week of the whole You're saying they don't, they don't need anything beyond that. No, is that what you're they, saying? They, the fall Saturdays don't bring people in starting in mid-November. Everything else is gorgeous in South Bend all of August. All, campus is idyllic. There's nothing better. The fans are absolutely, completely, 100% involved other than 2016, but that's different. Like, it is, the fall is the greatest draw to bring yeah. student-athletes in. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know, uh, recruiting week. I, I mean, I kind of interpret it as like for blue goal game weekend. I don't know if it was specified for that, but you know, I don't think Notre Dame. Oh, I did too. Turned their spring game into giant productions. I don't think Notre Dame is ever going to have a spring production, spring game production. Yeah. I mean, they just had a tremendously successful recruiting weekend the week before. They've only gotten one commitment out of it, but they'll get more. They got a great player in Jordan Johnson. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out that ever happening completely. Not under but, Ryan Kelly. Well, I, I just don't. I don't yeah. think it's necessary. I, I I agree with you. I think coming to Notre Dame and going into Notre Dame Stadium is enough. I just wouldn't rule it out completely. And now, since we got this question, I know who Rick Ross and Lee Bryce are. That's right. Are they going to pay fans to come to make the stadium full of city? That <laughs> I mean, seriously, do you see Notre Dame I, Stadium compared to some of these other places in spring games? Well, I don't. I, all I know is that we 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 do. I mean, to me, that's a, we we do everything now to cater to the athlete. I, would that be more for the athlete's benefit? I'm not sure exactly. You mean I haven't seen one? Game? No, I mean the bring in no. entertainment uh, for for a spring game. Um, I haven't seen Oklahoma and Kansas. I probably should go on YouTube and see if if anything is there exactly. But I tend to agree with you. I don't. I don't think it's necessary. But I. I wouldn't rule anything out today because I think that that would appeal to the student athlete, and and that's what that's what uh, it's all about these days. At way to go, K man, what players are you most excited to watch in the spring game? Dracovic, because I want to see if he can just let it go. I would love to see him just let it go. Um, I really want to see guys like Joe Wilkins, who came on late, continue to come on in this setting. There is no headlining player that I'm excited to see because their spring games don't matter. Tavon Coney didn't even try to make a tackle in the spring so, game. So, yeah, I literally yeah, right. tried to avoid Like, contact. we don't think in Claypool. Yeah. We no, don't really no. care whether we see uh, what they do. I, You know, I, I agree. I want to see Jafar Armstrong break something because I think that he has – he's a different kind of runner from from Dexter Williams. So, it, it may not necessarily – bigger – so it may not necessarily, not that much bigger, but bigger. It, it may not necessarily look as great in breakaway as Dexter Williams, but I think he has the ability, I think I mentioned this on Wednesday, also the ability to run people over where that wasn't Dexter Williams' game. He was trying to run away from people. Other side of the ball, Owusu Koromoa. I want to see him ro- run around out there. Rome and Rover, as they say. Um, and I think if Tariq Bracey, yeah, we didn't see him healthy until the last practice he looked a little better, but he still was not in as much 11-11 action, because I, I just want to see another corner emerge. For, yeah. For purposes, Chelsea, no, you, you no need doubt. three or four corners. No doubt. I and I, and I think we there. would all feel, quote, feel better about Notre Dame's linebacker core if we saw, yeah, you know, them, 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 them fill the gaps and, and, and making plays. I agree with the Rovers. I would, I'd like to see Moala do something against the pass, because I think that's more of what he's designated for. <laughs> Tommy Tremble. I think Tommy people will be Trem- excited no, about him. No, Tommy Tremble, certainly. I, certainly. 
The one thing I don't want to see is the ball thrown over Houston Griffith's head, but it probably will be <laughs> yeah, because gonna, it was. They're going deep. Right. It was all spring. I do think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely want to see Ian Book complete a, a one or two deep balls. The I, number they one just need it. point in my preview of who and what to watch is those quarterbacks, weather permitting, they are going deep in this game. They are taking shots, and they're going to challenge. But yeah. It helps them, and it helps the defense. They are challenging. You're working on things. That is Clark Lee saying, you got to take some shots at guys not named Troy Pride to Chip Long and Brian Kelly, and they'll say, sure, what's more, yep. <laughs> why not? Well, and you go into the fall, and you have you play a team that has a great corner and has a shortcoming somewhere else, yeah. and you try to take advantage of it. So I'm sure the offense will do, uh, will do the same with the defense. Panthers twenty three twenty three. Whatever I think of, whenever I think of Jordan Jenmar Keith, I think back to the LSU bowl game where he played fast and physical. That was at safety. Remember, I remember thinking that kid was going to be really good in the future. I'm surprised he hasn't developed more under Clark Lee's coaching. What do you think is the main reason for him struggling to snag the starting job? Uh, number one, Jack Lamb, who uh, it was explained on Thursday, understands the game very well, understands what's going on in front of him and behind him. Which is which is a tremendous athlete. I think that contributes to it. Jordan Jenmark Heath was a born and bred safety, and it's taken a while for him to learn the the linebacker position. I wouldn't say that he hasn't developed under Clark Lee. I I think that he's actually in a position to be, to be a co starter with Jack Lamb. So I think he's coming on. I just I don't you know maybe we haven't said enough about him during the spring. I think that. I think many times what we say, of course, contributes to the questions. Uh, but I would admit Panthers 23-23 that I thought Jordan Jenmark Heath would be a little bit more, quote, automatic at this point uh, because I think he's a great athlete. I, too, remember the way he played free and easy at LSU at a, at a different position. And so, I mean, I think it's a good question. I don't think he's as far along as we thought. But I also don't think he's as far behind as maybe we think sometimes, too. I think it was, to add to that, he had to put on, they, they moved him in the middle of last spring to linebacker. Or not, maybe not, the, but they didn't move him before the spring. So it's been about 50 It was about weeks. midway, yeah. the way um, I remember it. Jordan Jedmark Heath had to put on 10, 15 pounds, and I bet he didn't carry it that well at a new position also. You don't, just because you put it on doesn't mean you're ready to, to operate yeah. at that weight. The other thing that is relevant, I had always, I had never heard anyone say this, but uh, from the coaching staff, but subscribers and I always thought he would be the guy to move to Rover from safety if someone had to. Then Clark Lee said, a guy like Jordan Jed Markeith had to skip the move to Rover and right. go right to Buck. Out of necessity, Out of necessity for the defense, yeah. I wonder if he just would have gone to Rover last year behind Asmar Bilal. Or if they moved it the other way, if he would be a starting rover right now, it's a unique, it's an odd way of looking at it. But let, they had Asmar Bilal there. <laughs> if Jenmark Heath worked behind him the whole year last year, would he have the leg up and be starting? It would change things. And I go back to what Drew Tranquil said to me when I talked to him a couple months ago as he was preparing for the combine, and he talked about how being at Rover, at Rover you know your key, at Buck you got a lot going on in there, and you've really got to concentrate and focus and not let all the peripheral things going on around you to distract you from what your key is. Now, for a guy like Drew Tranquil, I'm sure he's confused for about four minutes, and then, <laughs> yeah, and, then, right. <laughs> and, then and then he gets it. But he's kind of a freak when it comes yeah, to everything. the game of football yeah. and everything, school, what, what have you. 
Um, so uh, that's probably what Jim Markeith is is also fighting with. Sometimes we just think, oh, he has the weight, he's fine. Not everybody carries. The we don't have any yeah. idea of the complexities of 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 the game of football, the pace that it's moving at, what you have to see, what you have to. Well, for example, um, uh, who who is he? Was he talking about? Uh, was Clark Lee talking about Derek Allen and you know li- getting lined up properly? And if you're thinking about that after the you know I mean pre snap and you've got to be able that's got to become ingrained mm-hmm. and then it's got to be free and easy and just flow and make the play. If you're still thinking about you know where you're aligned and where you should be, and should I react now or shouldn't I react now? It can be a bit confusing. So, I think that all contributes to it. CMU Pens fan will an offseason a weight room with Matt Bayless be the cure Tariq Bracy needs to challenge for more playing time, or is he significantly behind the curve? He's not significantly behind the I curve. Know. Uh, he does need weight. I know that. Um... Julian Love, even no player ever says this about another player, but I asked Julian Love about Bracey because he replaced Vaughn against Pitt to some, and he had it, he did well. Yeah. Um, especially because he was really thrown in. I'm sure that wasn't yeah. much of the plan. I asked Love about it. He goes, man, that guy just really needs to add weight. He needs to get stronger and he can do everything. So I, the future for Treat Bracey is very high at corner. I think highest among the non Troy Prides. For their Notre Dame careers, actually. Yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if he's not the starter in 2020. You would have heard more about him this spring if he didn't sprain his ankle about two weeks ago. It just slows him down. Yeah, but he, th- for the weight gain, he doesn't. He needs strength. Yeah, and yeah. There, there's yeah. no shortcut to that. He's got to get to that. I thought. I think I said this the other day. I thought he played pretty well being back. Yeah, first time back that we first saw. time yeah. back that we had seen back with with the number two. So he'll get there. It's a very very important summer. With Matt Bayless for him. Uh, Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. Who's going to be returning punts and kicks this season? And do you have any indication whether Nordane's return game will be better than years past? Oh, the punt return was good last year. Uh, That was better than years past. It was 10 yards per return. Chris Frank was 24th, (laughs) I think, 23rd in the country. And 12th among Power 5 return men, which matters because... There's better players that you're going against. So, did you guys think that Greg Dorch was a pretty good punt returner last year? Because he averaged one yard more return than Chris Fink did. Yeah, Chris Fink was Chris Fink will be good. I, He's not as dangerous as some guys, but he, I mean, he'll break one if they block better. Yeah, I think I think it's more of a blocking issue, and it's certainly more of a blocking issue on kick returns. Kick returns would be Michael Young again, I presume. Kick returns are different now because sure of the, the new rules. I looked up. I had to. Make sure I did this. There were 21 total kick return touchdowns by Power 5 teams last year. 21 total over every game that was wow. played. Two are against Notre Dame, so people remember that. <laughs> um, kick return is being legislated out of the game. Notre Dame just has to not give up kick returns and maybe break one against Georgia. would be nice. But other than that, I think, you know, maybe not Michael Young in kick return if they love Lawrence Keyes because he's a young guy that could, if, if Young's a full-time starter. Yeah. Um, and then for punt returns, we have not seen any kick return reps. We won't no, until we August. Have we have seen punt return. It's Fink, Young, Keys, Wilkins, Wilkins, and Alohi Gilman. Right, Gilman would be the safe guy. I bet. Uh, when, I think when you need that. Yeah, I think like yeah. punt safe, punt right? Safe, yes. punt safe, exactly. Um, Fink will be back there ninety percent of the time. I once asked Brian Polian about Fink. He goes, "I love Chris Fink as my punt returner. That is not a competition." 
Yeah, nor nor should it be. And I, I mean, I, I, the spirit of the question, I understand because I don't think they block kick returns very well. Whether no, it's whether whether the legislation plays against it or not, they don't block it very well. No, it doesn't. Um, they don't block kick returns well, and they have been murdered on kickoff coverage at the worst time because Michigan would not even have been within a snowball's throw of Notre Dame without that kick return touchdown. Absolutely, and not. Pitt almost upset them because of a kick return touchdown. So I do get it. Um, punt returns. I mean, he's right there with Tyler Vaughn's Chris Fink last year. Just there's people. Yeah. The the spread punt has taken away a lot of the punt returns. I'm not saying there's not punt return touchdowns. There are. There was probably 50 last year, but or more. But it's not the same as it was. You're never going to see. You're never going to see Rocket and Tim Brown again. No, in but look, football. he catches the ball extremely well, and if you give him some wiggle room, he's going to find it. They're they're fine there. They need to get better kick return and covering. And covering. Yes. Absolutely. At Alcar C, I heard the Jack Kaiser mention from Clark Lee and his fall expectations. Any further insight into that? We kind of we kind of touched upon that. I mean, he, he you know this is a guy that I mean he came from a one A school, listed as a three star. I'm not even really sure who recruited him, but we know Clark Lee loved him. But Clark Lee loved him, and I mean I'm I'm going to express my opinion based upon what I see, and I'm skeptical, and I'm also going to have a great deal of faith in. This defensive coordinator, like if this was Brian, if this was Brian Van Gorder, making that judgment, well, you'd have plenty of reason to be doubtful about his acumen when it came to yeah. to choosing personnel. Um, I, I I'll fully believe it when I see it, but Clark Lee sees something and believes in the kid and spoke highly of him again yesterday. I just always assumed that he was a player for the future when Clark Lee liked him. It's interesting how yeah. he brings him up for the fall. I, look at it this way, Jack Lamb was injured part of last spring. He's as instinctive as you can get. Would he have been a factor last season? I mean, I think you're still a year away when you're Jack Kaiser, you know? Jack Lamb, let's say he had a, a healthy August. I, I think everybody thought Jack Lamb, even the coaches thought Jack Lamb was well, a better prospect Well, a lot of that would have to do with who was in front of him, too. Would he have beaten out Jen Markeith? You know, I, I don't think, I think they're just not quite ready yeah, yet. Yeah, I don't know. My greatest challenge is remembering how Deshaun Kaiser spelled his last name and how Jack Kaiser spells his last name. And they're different. They're Plain different. And I still it's yeah. still just not ingrained with me. So that's my greatest challenge. Uh Wash N D, considering the Houston Griffith has struggled against the pass this spring, does that leave a crack for Dante Vaughn to challenge for the boundary corner spot in the fall? Do you think a lot of Vaughn's issues last season could be attributed to his shoulder? Vaughn's issues were attributed to injuries, but it's a accumulation of them. 2017 spring, he could not finish practices because of his back. That is per Todd Light in an interview. Hurt weight training also when you have a bad back. His back would seize up on him. It went into August. All of a sudden, for about two weeks, he looked good in August. Got a neck injury in August. Non-contact neck injury tackling a dummy. That is per Brian Kelly. Uh, he missed basically the 2017 season for all intents and purposes because that he couldn't get on the field. They were deep enough at corner, if you recall, with the Nick Watkins and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, last spring, we heard good things about him, and at some point he broke his hand or wrist. I can't remember. That's from Julian Love. And it was in late September. I don't know if that impacted how poorly he played and gave the effort against Pittsburgh because that was the worst I have seen. Yeah. From a guy because he quit on yeah, plays where to make the that's, tackle. That's a that leaves an indelible impression yeah. on you when you see that. I do think he had that shoulder injury when he was trying to defend the two best receivers in the country, and that, that's no, a no problem. Doubt. And he was no thrown doubt. in cold. No and doubt. That's not I fair. mean, I think 
you know, I think he's always been technique challenged. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a he's a much bigger corner, so I, I think that that is a challenge for him. But there's no doubt the accumulation of injuries, and I don't remember him as well as you do. That that's a that's a great. I you know I, I love Dante Vaughn's tape coming in, and I yeah. had him highly ranked. And then as a freshman on a terrible team, he made some plays. He started three games. He got a pick in the end zone against Duke, and that sounds funny, but it was important. I mean, he was almost yeah. he was basically as good as Pride as freshman year. I mean, year. I, he was. I think that freshman year he was just kind of going off of. Uh, athletic yeah, instincts. Yeah, I agree. Well, he had to, right? Because you weren't coached until your yeah, uh, middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's still in there. It certainly sounds like they're very committed to Houston Griffith. But hey, bottom line, I mean, if you can make plays and Houston Griffith can't, and you're healthy. Best sign for Dante Vaughn is we watch people hitting him in the shoulder at practice because that yeah. means he is at least ready to roll through the sp- summer. I tried to ask Kelly. You know, did he absolutely need to get back this spring? And Kelly's like, yes. He gave the look of this. We couldn't go in with a total question mark of Dante Vaughn in the summer because he doesn't have the body work to, yeah. to back that up. Right. At Parrot 84, a lot of people are worried about boundary corner and inside linebackers, but with Drew White coming back in the fall and Dante Vaughn, plus the incoming freshman who could potentially start right away at defensive back, aren't we being a little too pessimistic? Well, let's say, let's say Drew White comes back. Drew White is replacing Tavon Coney. Um, Dante Vaughn would be replacing Julian Love. We haven't even mentioned Drew Tranquil, who has to be replaced by Jack Lamb or Jen Markeith. I don't know. I, I mean, I just can't consider that to be too pessimistic. It's concerning. It is. You've lost some. You you didn't lose good college football players there. You lost spectacular college football players there. I would counter with, this is too optimistic of a question. (laughs) Drew White had 55 snaps last year, and I'm guessing 50 were against the option as a niche player. Right. They liked Drew White at middle linebacker, then he missed all of the spring, basically, to another injury. We talked about Dante Vaughn's injury. This is Drew White's second significant injury in three springs. He hasn't played a lot. He's undersized anyway. I don't think Drew White will go in and beat out Asmar Bilal. Um... I don't know if Drew White will go in and beat out Shane Simon unless Shane Simon just doesn't right. get it. Now, Drew White will be around for uh, more years. I'm, we're not saying Drew White's career, but right now, the spring hurt Drew White's chances for me in 2019. Yeah, I mean, here, here's look, the, the bar is <laughs> the bar is raised, man. Yes. I mean, now, now, you know, now we're talking about du- it's got to be double digits, and it's you've got to go into November with a check, still with a shot, right, make one loss or zero or one losses. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's being pessimistic, but I think that there's valid reasons behind the pessimism. Dante Vaughn didn't have a good year last year. Remove the remove the bowl. The bowl game is not fair to Dante Vaughn. I don't want to put that on Dante Vaughn. If he was playing with half with yeah. an injured arm against those two guys, and he had no idea he was going to have a role in that game. Which is why I can't... That is not on him, but yeah, the, I mean, the other I just, games were not know, great I know either. Tariq Bracey had, had, a, had struggled against USC, but I just you wondered why. He had somehow been benched in that I interviewed Todd Light and the he I had him for the yeah, media day and yeah. he said he I, I asked about Bracey bouncing back and he's like, Yeah, no, he'll you know, his in the spring he'll be he'll have a good oh, chance wow. to bounce back. Like, oh I guess wow. I didn't think Julian Love was not was not gonna be in for a quarter though, so I didn't yeah. think much of it. Yeah. But yeah, when we looked out there, oh well, I mean, you know, you knew it was over. You knew it was well, you we, knew there was we, trouble I, and it was like, not over, but oh, God. yeah. Vaughn's in there. They're, they're, Love's not in there. Vaughn's po- in there. Is it possible they won't notice? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, so Vaughn, uh, that, that game is not that's not I, fair to Vaughn, but he was did not have a great look. And I'm not sure, at that point, we didn't know the severity of his shoulder situation. No, we didn't. I had no idea it was hurt. I had heard about the yeah. rest earlier, yeah. So yeah. I like Dante Vaughn, but he's definitely not Julian Love. 
Now, you uh, asked that next, que- next question. At CB Wonder 81, what is the timeline for the Hunter Spears return? Uh, CB Wonder uh, tweeted this question the other day or texted, tweeted it, and I put on hold because I said I wanted to ask Clark Lee about Hunter Spears. I kind of knew how he was going to answer when you ask a, that coordinator about injuries. He, he accedes yeah. to Yeah, he accedes to, to Brian Kelly. So... Uh, and I'm not sure Saturday's the right time to ask, but I'm going. We're, we're yeah, going we to can, have. We, we, we have I mean, to. yeah, we need to. We could because we need to know about him and and Jimmy on Franklin. And I, I mean, my sense is that Hunter Spears is closer because of the severity of Jamie on Franklin's injury, but I don't know that to be a fact. I would think he's closer, and the exception there would be he's a 18 year old kid that is that uh, wouldn't necessarily play right away. No, but the only reason he would is because they don't have depth. I mean, but I mean, in both instances, we're right now. I mean, we're definitely looking at a third set of of yeah. inside interior defensive linemen. So. I would look at it this way: if one of those guys contributes this year, it worked out well. Yeah, I mean, if if Hunter Spears can play four games, uses four right. games, uh, there's nothing be, holding back Franklin, Franklin if he's physically fine. prepared. Let's say he's fine in October first. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be really good. But we don't, unfortunately, CB Wonder. We just, I don't have an answer for that right now. We'll, we'll try to get that. We should weekend. ask Kelly again, though, because we get Kelly a couple times officially, like with at charity events in the summer. That's a good time to ask about these guys too, because then they'll be in the summer, and you'll know if anything is happening. Yeah, true. Then... But people want to know now. <laughs> I want to know. No, I, I don't want to know. Too. I don't want to wait till summer to know about. That. I really like Hunter Spears. Uh, the the prospect, I just feel like a guy that tears his ACL in November and is 300 pounds and can't do all the training he had to do is behind the eight ball. No, I, I agree, but I, I don't know that we can judge it that Maybe way not. on that timetable yeah. anymore because because guys are recovering from that quickly. Now, what did I say when we were off there that look how quickly Alex Bars is recovering quickly, and your response to that was? Fifth-year senior starting right, out he, stud. Right, <laughs> I mean, that was, right yeah, he, he understands his body. He's and been in the program for years. And, yeah, right. I, I like Spears. So I just hope it's yeah. not a... Uh, at Irish underscore GL, what is the pass run ratio you would expect this season? That's the first question. Let's deal with that. Somewhat like last year, right? More what, passing what, than last I mean, year. What, I mean, I, I think they'll pass. What matters is what, what do you they think, do when what, it's competitive. What was the ratio exactly last year? I mean, year? if you're throwing, if there's 950 plays in a year, Notre Dame threw about 420, so they ran more, but that's because you're a 12-0 team that runs out games too. So, if you're not running to end out the fourth quarter, you're not a very dominant team. Notre Dame was a dominant team. They finished games off. Yeah, they, so that becomes hard to So what at. you really want to do is see. So about 60-40? We always say 60-40, don't we? I think they would be a passing offense this year without being too heavy on that. Does that make – I think they love Fink, the receivers, and the running backs can catch the ball. Well, I – He's going to run the ball plenty. You're not going to – you're not going to – Chip Long is not going to not run the ball, but I – I think they have more power in the passing game right now. They do. Uh, I think a healthy Jafar Armstrong second time through, they have more power in the running game than they did yeah. last year. Dexter you know, Williams is not a, a power back per se. I think they can pound it a little bit with him and Tony, with Armstrong and Tony Jones. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 what you said about, Ratios are thrown out of whack because of running out the clock, and then I, I, I mean, I don't know what the exact 
numbers are. I think certainly you feel you even lose. more confident throwing football going into this season. The one flaw, way with, more. The one flaw with my stat that uh, has never failed: if you pass more than you run, you might lose the game. You're probably going to lose the game, or being a close is because yeah. if you're winning, then you're running the ball at the end of the game too. But yeah, right. it, it, they're not abandoning the run. I just my, my guess. Maybe we feel we probably just feel different. We need a third person in this podcast to to break the tie right now. Yeah, I guess we do. You know, uh, I feel like they're a passing team because of book and the receivers and, yeah. and the running backs that can catch. Also, in this question, leading receiver, is I got to go. Claypool? I got to go with Claypool. I he's. I mean, I think you know yards and touchdowns. Fink, yeah, I think you know over the course of sixty minutes, Fink is going to accumulate catches because it's a safe throw. It's a yeah. short throw. You want to get him the ball in space. I would I mean, not I think bet a penny I, against Fink on or on total receptions, but yards and touchdowns. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. It's more of a down downfield threat, and then leading rusher. I think we both agree it's going to be Jafar Armstrong. C Norman eighty three. Top three strengths. Top three, or I guess you should say bottom three weaknesses heading out of spring. Well, number one strength is defensive end in the history of strengths. <laughs> I mean, it's, if you're, if it's you're, like running backs in the late '80s right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is no, yeah. they they are. That's, <laughs> they're loaded. That's man. a national strength. They are loaded. They're. They, I don't know what everybody else in the country has, but yeah, I don't need to this there. one. <laughs> no. that, uh, that is a national strength. <laughs> um, it's so hard not to say depth at wide receiver right now. They have two guys that Brian Kelly and Chip Long love, and we agree. The third guy is one of the most impressive of the spring. Michael Young. Yeah, and they're getting something out of the other guys. They're getting something out yeah, of Keys, I, I just, Tremble. I think the whole, yeah, I mean, if you include the tight ends yeah. in the situation too, and we think Komet's going to be very, very good as well, I couldn't have imagined a better situation coming out of the spring with the guys that are catching passes that are non-running backs. Well, and then, no, throw in the fact that the running backs – yeah. Will, will be at times downfield threats. They will Farsh run. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Starting safety is a strength for me. Too. So and say in safety, yeah. I would agree with that. I just listed offense because I think in general the offense should be really potent. We've been down this road on yeah. on the weaknesses. It's boundary corner, linebackers, it's linebackers, and uh, my new one came in the spring though is they don't have any backup safeties they can rely on right now, but they right. have one coming in. We think. Yeah, the starting safeties are a huge strength. The backups behind them are a huge question mark. Much more so than what we thought about the backup. Defensive tackle shored up this spring. Yeah, because it, all the healthy ones are good ones. All positive news. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I, you know what? I still, I still, I still have to say that. And he was productive last year, Adamiola, but. I, I just I, he seems to like size wise, and I know again he's listed the same size as as Tagovailoa Mosa, but he just at times to me seems to get swallowed up inside. And yet in twelve games, very limited activity, he made nineteen tackles last year. Tackles aren't the be all end all certainly for defense alignment, but when the number is high as what, opposed to yeah, low, oddly high. I mean, yeah. you're ma- you're making okay. plays, man. All right, how many tackles did you make? You said 18, 19 tackles 19. He played 12 games. He played 12 games, right? He didn't play 13. And he played inside. Yeah. He made 19 tackles. Right. And he had, I want to just get this right, so I'm looking up his snap count. This isn't that bad. Uh, Heinish's numbers made no sense to me as effective as I thought he was. 190 snaps, 20 tackles. 140 snaps, two tackles. Who who are you? Micah Dutreadway. (laughs) 
I'm la- two. I'm laughing because of a two. comment that we yes, heard about. I know. So Jason Adamalola, as a true freshman, rolls in there and finds a way to make 20 tackles as opposed to two as a senior. So I think the arrow goes up for him and we give him a chance. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, some, I thought he flashed like more a, in the spring. I, I liked him. Okay, more, yeah, all right. I did well, like there, the there are days where you're looking at defense, I'm right. looking at offense, and I found myself all spring saying, well, like we'd come out of there, I'm like, yeah, there's more exciting stuff on your side. Let's felt, talk about that. I felt that the whole time, too. It's like, I watch the defense. I want to talk about the offense. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I, I like his future. I'm, I'm sure... People, no, I do too. I'm not saying yeah, I don't like his right. future. Oh, right? saying, a, I guess a, all that matters is now. He's a yeah. productive football player. And Jacob Lacey is... He's a big, strong kid that runs all day. I mean, I, I thought his stamina this spring was surprising to me, right? Me, me too. That, that was my favorite part of it, I think. And that was my, that was actually, that was my question. I had him ranked going into his senior year. Like, I kind of kept a running telly yeah. where I had guys ranked. And I had him lower, and some people were like, why do you have him so low? And I'm like, I want to see him in better shape and see his, his conditioning. And, well, I guess he showed me. God, I had a bunch of defensive linemen in the top ten of this class, too. Defensive line, you all of a sudden. Yeah, well, wait till, the they, top 10. wait till they get all their offensive linemen. They're gonna, <laughs> right. they're gonna, they're gonna mix in there too. Last question from Slick One Twenty Five C: With spring ball coming to an end, would Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley want to revise their expectation for this fall? The immortal words of Fletch: No, never, never, <laughs> never in the spring, never in the spring. Well, I, think uh, the, I, I think the nine and a half line is perfect. Is that, I think it's accurate. It's perfect. I, I move it in August. You and I talk about this to a fault. We always move it in August. We're like, well, they look good. Move it up a win every time. That you should you should lower it in August, going into August, and then see how much you want to move it up because we are inevitably impressed by Notre Dame's efforts in August because they're well coached and they have good players and they're playing, so they look good. Um, I would be remarkably disappointed if it goes down. I, I I can't envision sitting here with this offense and the strengths they have its pass rushing and safeties and say anything lower than 9-3. and three. I cannot envision myself doing that. And yet that. we know that that would be a huge disappointment to everybody. Right. I, I, I could three. easily I say 10-2, and two, and if you tell me that if we hear, not just like a coach talk about how much they like it, but if we hear, man, Houston Griffith through back downs, Houston Griffith has just completely changed. Or... It is unreal how good Jack Lamb looks at Buck right yeah. now. Like I, then you can start going to the playoff situation. But the spring is about skill development, and they do a good job of it. And I can't judge what they will do. And I just, I just want to emphasize that there are a, there are way too many people in our business that express opinions about records before you know what the opponents have. Right. And I, and I don't. Okay. Maybe maybe I have all this extra time on my hands, and I should have during spring football. I should have been studying the opponents as well. I just don't. Get, I just don't. I don't get to that until after spring. We, we're going to have the draft. We're going to find out who gets drafted from the other teams, which allows you to know what a little bit better what they had talent wise, and then you get a better idea of what happened in the spring for those. So I. I mean I. Look, my opinion on what the record's going to be at any point during the 12 months of the year doesn't matter anyway. But it really matters right. less now because I just don't know the opponents well enough. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think people ignore way too much when they wonder who they could possibly lose to that it's hard to go win a game after Georgia, win or lose. Yeah, that's and, that's, and that's it's, Virginia at home, and Virginia yeah. is on an upward arc. Coming back, um, and you beat Michigan by 10. And you play Virginia Tech at right. home. That's I mean, Virginia Tech easy. is a you know an a not eight to ten win program. Let's say you're eleven and zero and you're the best team in the country and you're playing BC on Senior Day. 
What could go wrong? I, you know, I'm sorry if that's too soon, but it's been 26 years now. So yeah, I, I yeah, BC Navy. I, I think we I've, we we went over these names. I, I'm looking at last podcast script, so I I, I mean we said these names. I, I, you can't assume that you're I, now. I, I feel again. You feel much better about Clark Lee adapting. Yes. To the option football than what we were accustomed to with BVG, and and it's hard to kind of live that down. But. Maybe a better way to answer this question is I am see defense. I'm not as worried about defensive tackle reserves. I'm more worried about safety reserves. I'm more worried about one cornerback position because it, it, it the nickel. I think they'll figure something out. They don't even have to continually use it at all times. It doesn't have to yeah. be a team strength. It just doesn't have to. Be. I mean, they didn't have a good nickel last year. They made the playoffs. I am the same about linebackers because I figured they would have something figured out, and they do. But I don't know. We Nobody knows about these linebackers until you see them play in, in games and having to fit runs and things no, like that. No, no doubt. Um, I thought the offensive line would be good, and it, they furthered that. Uh, maybe even better with Jarrett Patterson. And I point that out at center. I think Jarrett Patterson... By the end of the year, what they want to do offensively with him on the move, they might be that might he might be a better center. Yeah, and I, I, I you know, I think he's going intelligence-wise, he's going to hit the ground running. There, there's some growing pains, of course. Sure, there's no sure. doubt. L- let me put it this way: Do I think Nordin can win ten or eleven games? Yeah. Do I say every spring that I think Nordin can win ten or eleven games? Absolutely not. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic about this team. I'm just not going to say twelve and zero because. I mean, the odds of Notre Dame going 12 and 0 two years in a row aren't <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> aren't, aren't, aren't very good. And I've just I've seen too much football in my life to to assume that they're going to win 11, 12 games. We'll have many months to talk about this, but at least the one great thing about the schedule, because I find it challenging with the all the with the solidness, is there's only one whoa team out there. You know, no, that's true, and we know that that Michigan won't be. I mean, whoa, you know, they no, might be they won't. They're still, thing, it's still Michigan at Michigan, Michigan, but, but you know, we know what they lost. They're not ninety-three Florida State. No, you're not they, looking at it and being amazed. It's they just, lost a lot. Is Stanford where they were a few years ago? No, they're no. they're not. So they're that's not. good. There's only one like. Wow, so yeah, there's wow. one wow, and that's a Georgia, and, and none of us. Well, you've been in that stadium. Yes. Only you know exactly Only what it's I like. Only I all the Notre Dame program. <laughs> I said it's a free flight coming on here. From, from I would say, I would say <laughs> that of the the Notre Dame press corps, you're probably the only one that has been in that stadium. Probably Kyle Hamilton's probably been in that stadium, though. I share something with him. Yeah, he have. Yeah, he has, and he will be again. And ha- by game three, uh, he may be playing a, a very sig- significant role for Notre Dame. All right. An unprecedented three podcasts this week. I think we've talked about every subject imaginable. We appreciate all the questions. We will be back for a pregame uh, analysis, video analysis, on tomorrow, Saturday, April 13th, as spring practice concludes in Notre Dame Stadium. And then we will have a, uh, well, of course, a postgame incident analysis. And, and of course, we'll have uh, a podcast on Monday to wrap things up. Our plan then is to have another podcast the following Monday. And then at that point, uh, I go on a Disney cruise. Then, then you go on yep. a Disney cruise, and uh, I go back to Kelly's best linebackers, cornerbacks, <laughs> safeties. <laughs> well, we have a we have a we have one summer content tweak we think will be interesting. Maybe not be the most popular with everybody in the world, but the, our readers will like it. I think so. I think it makes this the series of stories that we do a little bit more interesting. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Looking forward to being in Notre Dame Stadium Saturday on uh, Saturday, April thirteenth. 
We'll join you then. Thanks for joining us today. Rent Like a Champion is the best way for Irish fans to stay on game day. With over 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, listeners can get $100 off all new rentals for the 2019 season when you head to rentlikeachampion.com illustrated and use promo code IRISH2019 at checkout. 